You're listening to So What? The podcast that explores why library and information science research matters. We interview researchers about their work. And they connect the dots between what they do and its importance to your life. Okay, let's get on it. I'm Sarah Glassford, and my article in ELIP was Black Hole or Brave New World, Archivists, Historians, and the Challenges of the Digital Age. So my paper is really a combination of where I was coming from as a historian and where I hoped to be going and where, in fact, I have gone forward as an archivist and thinking about those two professions and those two different relationships with archives in the context of digitization, digital preservation, really the digital age. Now, how do we deal with all of this digital stuff? I think historians are more concerned with, we're not going to have anything. (laughs) Well, we're going to have something. We're just not, you know, I'm not sure at this point what it will be and how you will access it. Student publications are the most accessible way for new researchers who are obviously students to get a foot in the door of the publishing world, both in terms of getting their name out there, making yourself Googleable in connection with library and information science, but also sort of getting a foot in the door in terms of actually seeing what publishing is about. There's really no substitute for doing it. That was Sarah Glassford, one of the authors published recently in Emerging Library and Information Perspectives, a new student-run journal in library and information science, published at the Faculty of Information and Media Studies at the University of Western Ontario and hosted by Western Libraries. ELIP, as the journal is often called, is a bit different because it's tied to a course. As the students learn about scholarly communication in the course, they practice it by taking on various roles in running a scholarly journal. They are editors, peer reviewers, proofreaders, consultants, promoters, and many other roles. Hello, I'm Alex Mayhew, a PhD student at the Faculty of Information and Media Studies here at the University of Western Ontario. I recently spoke with four of the key people who are responsible for starting and sustaining the journal. Marnie Harrington, head of the FIMS Graduate Library, Melissa Seeley, the instructor in the Scholarly Communications course, Megan Kirkland, the current managing editor of ELIP, and Madison Edgar, the inaugural managing editor. There was a lot to cover in our conversation. Here's Marnie Harrington. For many years, I've wanted to have a journal coming out of our library that highlights the research that goes on uh, through our MLIS program. And we have lots of students who work on research projects, uh, you know, write awesome things for class. So wouldn't it be a great place for that work to go? My role regarding ELIP is that I am uh, an editorial team advisor. I also support the journal in many ways. So this is a student-run student-contributed journal, but it goes hand-in-hand with a course as well, with Melissa Seeley's Scholarly Communication Open Access course. And the other part of that is having a managing editor so that we have some structure to ensure the journal's sustainable. So part of my role is working with that managing editor. Students want more hands-on learning for many things. And this is giving them that. I think it's giving them that experiential learning they want, working with a journal, um, understanding how these things are put together. So that's what, you know, that's part of why we do this and why I think it's important for the library to support it. Here's Madison Edgar. 
So I'm Madison. I was the managing editor for the first issue of the journal Emerging Library and Information Perspectives. When I was a student um, at Western getting my MLIS, I worked at the FIMS Graduate Library and I became involved with the project. About a month or so into my job, Marnie thought that I would be a good fit for it. She'd seen how I worked and how I um, organized things and communicated. And so she offered me the role. And I knew it was, you know, it was the first issue. So we were going to have to figure out the logistics and everything. So I joined the team and away we went. A lot of it was trial and error, feeling things out, um, just because this is the first time they had done this. So really just seeing what worked and what didn't. I coordinated a lot. So any communications with the journal, I was a liaison between the editorial advisory board and the advisors to the editorial team, as well as the class scholarly communications and open access publishing. So those students acted as the peer reviewers, as well as the copy editors of the journal. So I was really just the liaison between everybody and um, organizing the logistics of the journal and, and how it would be published through OJS, uh, Open Journal Systems. So kind of, yeah, I guess just overseeing the logistics of, of everything. Here's Megan Kirkland. So I'm the managing editor, so I basically, I do editing, I was in charge of acquisitions, managing the submissions that are going on, I've managed volunteers um, who are copy editing, fact checking, I've also liaised with students in the open access and scholarly communications course, so I've assigned submissions to them to peer review, I've looked at what they've submitted, <laughs> I've basically amalgamated edits everything. I'm currently formatting, so <laughs> it goes on. I'm Nicole Schomburger, and I authored Access to Information in the Age of Trump by looking at what's happening in the States under the Trump administration in terms of changes to what information is available to the public, mainly government information, looking a bit deeper into what some of those implications are and what that actually means a bit further down the road. There's changes to what information is available or if it's taken off completely, it's, it kind of undermines the public trust in the authenticity and the reliability of information, especially in how complete it is. There's, I think there's definitely always a connection between policy and politics, either very overtly or not so overtly. Um, some of the information that I looked at that was um, had seen changes was there was a lot of information on things like climate change. And of course, that's something that the Trump administration has, has ties to politically. So I think there's definitely a connection there. And in terms of some of the government websites that were taken off, I believe there were some sites on the LGBTQ community and, again, climate change and even um, like HIV prevention. Those are very important. And if you look at the changes that have been made and the, the political viewpoints and ideologies within the Trump administration, I think there are some clear connections. So changes to information policy are really important and have deeper and longer lasting impacts. It's not just a short term, oh, this information isn't available. It really can hinder scientific research and even just people's well-being if they don't have access to that information anymore. 
I didn't really think that I would publish a paper as a, as a student still. It was something I'd always seen as something to do after, after I complete my degree as opposed to something that I could tackle while I was still a student. I would definitely encourage students to um, look into publishing while they're still a student, especially in an open access journal like ELIP. It shows that you're engaged, you have research interests, that you are willing to put in the work to publish a paper. And even if you're not looking to work at an academic library, I think it still shows that initiative and it's something that you can build on um, as, you, as you go further in your career. Here's Melissa Seeley. I am currently the scholarly publishing and systems librarian at the University of Michigan Law Library. I'm also a limited duties instructor in the Faculty of Information and Media Studies at the University of Western Ontario, which is why I am involved with this journal and the associated course. I'm a graduate of that program. I finished my MLIS there in the summer of 2017. And prior to that, I was involved with academic editing, so I have a background in scholarly publishing on that level and have seen the, the back end of production work that goes into publishing scholarly work. ELIP's origin story is, well, it's indicative of broader trends in the scholarly communication ecosystem because initially we planned to launch ELIP on BPress's Digital Commons software which is the software that Western libraries still uses to power their institutional repository. However, in August of 2017, Elsevier acquired BPress. And we were at that stage in the final steps of designing Ellipse website on the Digital Commons platform. So that pushed us to really sit down and think about what it would mean to launch an MLAS journal on a for-profit platform in general, but especially one associated with Elsevier, given that Elsevier is such a giant player in the scholarly communication landscape and is increasingly consolidating all of the workflow tools. In light of that, we ultimately decided to move towards an open source platform and we chose Open Journal Systems, OJS, which is associated with the Public Knowledge Project out of Simon Fraser University. So of course, we liked that that solution was open source. We also liked that it was based in Canada and a lot of other universities in Canada are already using OJS. So we felt that we were joining a well-established community. We talk a lot in the course about the importance of audience and the importance of thinking about, especially in an open access publishing context, thinking about writing not just to be cited by a few other peers within other academic institutions, but really writing so that others who may discover your work through a Google search or on Twitter will find it engaging and valuable. The nice thing about doing it within this course is that the students complete individual peer review reports, but they are also assigned to a group and essentially sworn to secrecy to maintain the double-blind nature of the peer review process. But within that group, they are able to discuss the article. And especially for students that have never published or been involved with peer review processes, this has been a really great learning experience, I think, based on the reflections they've shared with me, because it's helped them to see 
submission they're reviewing in a much more nuanced way beyond just their initial reading of it. Megan again. So when you're writing an essay for a class, obviously it's meant for just your professor. Most people just write it and then submit it and they're done. Some people don't even edit what they've written. And I think it's more just something that people are just doing for the sake of doing it. Whereas academic and scholarly publishing, it's something that people feel very passionate about, something that they're trying to actually contribute to the community. And they know that other LIS professionals are going to be reading that. So I think that's very important that you're, you have that passion for the topic that you're writing about. Whereas when it's just an essay, it's usually just something that like, oh, it was from the list that I chose. So bleh. Melissa again. We critically engage with long-established processes in scholarly publishing. We interrogate whether existing peer review processes are, are in need of significant reimagining. We talk about, again, impact and understandings of what impact mean. And so to me, I, th this has been incredibly rewarding because in the day-to-day -day work of libraries, one doesn't often get to question such foundational things as that. We're often focusing how, on how to make what already exists better, but that's kind of transformational change isn't exactly looped into one day's, one's day-to-day -day work. And so I've found that aspect of the course and the journal really rewarding. I like the fact that it's, it actually came together and all the f pieces fit together. So that, you know, we had this whole idea of doing this journal, but where were our peer reviewers coming from? Where was the work coming from? So that all these different pieces fit together because it's a bit, it's a big puzzle that we've got the journal, we've got the class and together it's just symbiotic. So one doesn't work without the other. So I think for me, that's the real story is how well these things fit together. I'm Jim Seal, and with Nicole Schomberger, we wrote The Internet Awesome, a critical analysis of Google's child-focused internet safety program. It is looking at The Internet Awesome, which is a child-focused internet safety program made by Google. And we were basically looking at, does this equip children with the tools and abilities to stay, stay safe on the internet? The conclusions that we come to are that although there's a lot of interesting pedagogical stuff within Be Internet Awesome, it is putting the onus on users to keep their information safe. Be Internet Awesome doesn't focus specifically on companies and the risks that companies can have in terms of your internet safety. The job isn't done by just plunking your your child in front of Be Internet Awesome and saying, well, now that they're now that they've done that, they're safe on the internet. It was actually uh, quoted in a New York Times article, a journalist who got in touch with us who was writing about Be Internet Awesome and, and used some, some quotations from our article in that uh, New York Times article, which was very cool to be able to see uh, that kind of a reaction to our work. I had to look the person up and make sure that they were, they were legitimate before I, I, uh, I felt really good about it. I absolutely would encourage students to uh, publish in this journal or another journal. I guess there are a couple reasons why I think that students should uh, try to publish their work. On the, the very selfish end of the spectrum, I think that it's important for students to be able to get 
that line on the resume if they're interested in academic librarianship. I think that it goes a long way and, and lets people know this is a person who can do this aspect of the job. On the other end of the spectrum, in terms of learning and educational, I mean, I guess that's selfish too, but I think, you know, in terms of making you a better librarian, it has drastically affected the way that I teach information literacy, just because I have I have a personal experience of going through this process of research and publishing and seeing the reactions to my work so that you know, the idea of scholarship as a conversation takes on a much more concrete meaning for me. This has been another episode of So What? The podcast about library and information science research and why it matters. So What? is created and produced by students at the Faculty of Information and Media Studies at Western University in London, Ontario. Find us online at sowhat.fims.uwo.ca. 